welcome to Season 2, Episode 24 of the Principal's Podcast. This is Tom Gabern, Principal of Kenston High School, joined by our outstanding junior host. Braden Hunt, how are you doing, Mr. Gabram? Hey, I'm doing okay. That's uh, really cool to connect this way virtually. Um, as yeah. we're not in person, you know, we're following our remote learning plan. So able to uh, connect through this Google Meet, which is quite creative. Any way we can get the podcast done, I appreciate it. So getting it done this way, it still works. That's right. And to our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in and sharing in this second year tradition of Principles Podcast. Um, we hope to retain previous listeners. And of course, our weekly goal is to gain more listeners and, um, you know, for them to tune in and, and hear our KHS voices. Unfortunately, our senior host, Layla Gilbert, is not with us today. She's actually prepping for her calculus one final exam which is this week so we do appreciate her her efforts with her academics and achievement so um hey Braden, what is the principles podcast if you could define it well thank you for asking mr gabriel the principles podcast is a podcast to connect with our constant stakeholders especially students and parents who want to get a snippet of what's going on in the school Absolutely. And this is an opportunity for me as a building leader to to model our creative innovation while highlighting um, the instruction and the engagement, which is really a primary initi um, initiative, you know, with our current curriculum. Um, we do have a couple courses that actually Braden's in one of the media courses led by um, Mr. Novak. And um, this is his semester project. So it's been a pleasure working with him. And I know we're going to continue this into the second semester as well. Um, hey, B, where can people follow us social media wise? Well, people can always follow us on Twitter, um, either at the KHS Bomber Media outlet or at the or Mr. Gabram's Twitter at tgabram underscore KHS. And please make sure you guys look at the hashtag principles podcast. Um, we would also really appreciate if you guys tweeted us some questions, hottest trends, topic for us to talk for us to talk about on the future podcast, because we're always looking for things to talk about and uh, new ideas. Absolutely. And we cannot forget this shout out to Mr. James Reinhardt from Ganley Chevy in Aurora. Thank you for the support and the stellar podcast equipment um, that we are currently using. I'm using one of the microphones right now as we're recording um, on Google Meet. So um, outstanding support. And again, um, our goal is to get him back on this year um, to share what's going on with with his business and all of his connections that he is constantly making in our community. So um, it is right around the holidays, people. So if you're still shopping for um, a new car, new vehicle, new SUV, head over to Ganley Chevy. I think Braden is very familiar with the showroom over there and the lot. I am. Uh, Mr. G Mr. Uh, Reinhardt's an amazing guy. I actually just, I bought a new, um, a, a new car for myself from him. Um, about a month ago, it's a used Ford. It's 2016. Great car. Um, it was really easy transfer with Mr. Reinhardt, and uh, he does great business. So if you're ever looking for a car, it doesn't even have to be any Chevrolet. He works with specific other Ganleys in the area. He's a great guy, and um, doing business with him is really easy, so I always recommend it. Absolutely. So let's uh, go to this first segment. Um, what's happening in Bomberland? And as our listeners know, we've been now um, almost a week and a half in our remote learning um, model for, of instruction. And uh, I guess uh, for me, as I'm kind of analyzing the quality of our instruction and kind of looking at um, participation, looking at attendance, 
um, looking at engagement, um, quality. I'm quite pleased to, I guess, announce that, you know, so far so good. I think um, our transition this semester um, is, was a lot better than, than the spring where we kind of had to pick up and just and just leave the building and order to a quarantine. But I think the fact that we do have a lot of teachers remaining here in school, um, having access to all of their their instructional tools and, you know, that comfortable setting um, to really teach their lessons has, has definitely been an advantage. Um, I also know, and, and Braden, you can share that the accountability of students is a, is um, a lot higher as far as um, meeting the expectations as far as what we wanted, you know, for the remote learning plan. Um, we took a great deal of time throughout this first semester. We weren't sure when we were going to go to remote learning, but, um, you know, working with our design leaders and our department heads throughout the district, we we put a lot of time and energy into kind of making sure that when we do um, transition to remote, that it's it's a little bit higher quality, raising the bar with, with those student expectations as well. So um, I don't know, Braden, can you share a little bit, um, maybe go back to, it was March 17th of 2020 when we were ordered home, um, you know, and, and how has that different, um, I guess, in, in December of 2020? Well, I would say the big difference is, first of all, we had a bit of um, we had a bit of preparation. It was almost um, told as if we were going on like a small spring break last time we went home and no one really assumed we were going to be out for as long as we were. But this year we kind of um, we had a feeling that remote learning was going to be inevitable. We wanted to push as long as we can in person. But the way the covid um, was spreading, just the way the coronavirus has worked this year, it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't the right way to do things. So we had to move online. And I think um, the big thing te my teachers were always pushing is um, we're not going to slow down. And um, for, for them saying that um, they really pushed in our heads that the curriculum is going to stay the same and that we need to put in the same work that we were doing when we were in person. Um, unlike last year when we kind of everything was just kind of put on a break, it was kind of life stopped. Um, and school was not put on a back burner, but I would say that the um, – the rigor of school and the attendance wise was definitely much easier. Um, a lot of the classes were cut back and uh, it was just a big change. And this year I'd say it felt like a much more, um, this was just a much more, it didn't feel as much of a change. It felt like I'm, uh, it feels like I'm sitting in a classroom with a teacher when I'm sitting at home this year. Instead last year just kind of felt like I was doing almost blizzard bags. Right. And I think that was the goal. Like you said, you're, you're still sitting in a classroom. It's just a different environment at home. Um, we encourage our, our remote learners at home to set up that learning environment. So it's a comfortable setting, eliminating distractions, um, making sure the, um, you know, technology is as good as it can be. And, you know, that's something that that's one variable that we don't have control over um, depending on where you live in our community. And, you know, that is one area that that continues to be a frustration with with students and staff and as the technology and even before we recorded here this, this morning um Braden and I had a little bit of um lag time and he had to log off and so that might happen again and if he comes back you know we're just going to continue recording um but it's it's kind of a a, a sample of what a lot of our learners are facing and um 
different times of the day is what I've heard from some staff members and even my own daughters, you know, where internet traffic might be up because it could be the, the lunch hour, it could be a lot of businesses are, you know, are, are on break and they might be checking, um, you know, social media or, or other things. And I think that's just the nature of the world and, and the time of the day where internet traffic and Wi-Fi traffic just gets very busy. And so we do it see is, a lot of like It gets really busy. Um, the thing is, I would say, I mean, that's out of the school's control. You're not, you're not able to control how many students don't have Wi-Fi at home or how strong our Wi-Fi is. But what I've noticed is teachers are um, becoming – they're adapting to the students that maybe have struggling Wi-Fi, can't really get into meets every day or, um, and people have been kicked out. I've been kicked out of um, meetings before, but it's easy to join back was, um, I know some students can't even get into the meetings and, um, I, I'm happy to see that teachers are um, adapting to the specific needs of students technology wise. But one thing about virtual learning I have learned is just the distractions are, at a maximum when you're at your own house and you have food to your left or your phone to your <laughs> right, it's really hard to um, stay as peered into class as you would in school. But I would say it's definitely still an improvement from last year. And I, I appreciate um, you as well as your peers, as far as having the discipline to kind of remain focused and engaged because you're right, huge distractions. And um, you kind of have to fight that urge to, you know, check that cell phone or, you know, you know, all of a sudden go on mute, put your camera off and you're snacking in the kitchen or something like that. So um, I do believe, you know, um, and just getting some firsthand knowledge from my own um, daughter, who's a junior um, and she's also learning at home. But uh, she appreciates that the some of the intervention time. She appreciates the. Uh, it's really nice. Yeah, the longer. It's really useful. Break in between the blocks. Yep. We just for our listeners, we didn't run our full master schedule of eighty-five minutes because there's a lot of research out there that you really shouldn't be streaming and and on screen more than twenty-five to thirty minutes and. At that point, um, there's research that says, you know, the attention span is pretty much diminished and it's, it mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more challenging um, to keep the attention. Now, some teachers, they might have to kind of, you know, go through some direct instruction and go through the lecture just to get the information out to you guys. But I'm thinking that's that can't be every day. That would not be the best. Um, it's it's not. Virtual there's environment. specific classes like. For Mr. Novak's class, I'm on a meet for only five minutes every day. It's a, that's, I'm in digital media and communications. That's um, very similar to multimedia. It's a bit more Photoshop. You have a bit more freedom to what you do with all of the Adobe stuff Kenson provides. And in that class, it's a project-based class. So we're only on a Zoom for five minutes, and then we have to turn in our projects every week. It's more of a, you work on your own while in honor stats. That's a lot of lecturing. So that Zoom may go full length three out of five days a week and maybe the same thing with chemistry two 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 days but they're at least trying to you know when i'm not lecturing i want you off of the meat work on your own pace type thing so you're not looking at a screen for 80 65 minutes straight yeah that's good to hear that um you know it varies per class um depending on the topic depending on the lesson depending on the project so that's that's good to know um have you been in a situation and i know 
I know Zoom has this feature, and I was actually attending a principal's meeting, and um, the person who um, was presenting and, and I guess, uh, organizing the meeting actually um, was able to group us into breakout rooms. And so yeah. it was a nice feature on Zoom, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure if Google Meet um, can do that. I was told they can do that where the teacher might be assigning, you know, three or four in a collaborative small group. So you guys continue the, um, continue the discussion or reflection on, you know, whatever you might be working on. Yeah. So I do that every day in chemistry, pretty much for our labs that we do virtually. I break into my lab group and then, um, we do it probably once every one to two weeks for honor stats because we do, um, Virtually, we do team tests, so we use breakout groups for then that uh, team test. So they're very useful. I'd say the only problem I heard was from Mr. Segulin, who's doing breakout groups. He said he can only attend one group at a time because meets are so – they use so much internet. You can't be watching over every breakout group like you would in like class, able to see everyone. So you kind of have to hop around as a teacher when you do that. Yeah. So can you – can you like be in for five minutes with one lab group and then jump to lab B group? Are you able to do that? Or is it, it's there's, you're saying there's too much lag time in between. There's probably too much lag time. I mean, you can, you can, I wouldn't, you can leave meets and join different ones, but you can't be in more than one really. Got it. Got it. So I do think though, that's a nice um, feature because it's so important that students are collaborating and, and getting different, um, different perspectives and, and different interpretations of, of the concepts learned. So, um, you know, we're trying to simulate as much as we can that real um, setting of the classroom. So I do think that's a positive feature. And I do like when we use it is nice because I mean, it's still keeping you um, academically accountable to be there, but you also have a step to yourself with your peers. You kind of get that um, in-person interaction with your peers that you get at school virtually. So it helps. Yeah. Um, a few other things that are still continuing even, you know, during remote learning is, is kind of a modified extracurricular, um, you know, let's first talk about, um, our athletics and, um, maybe you have heard, or maybe you have not, um, but we, we've postponed all of our conference play, our conference competitions. So for our okay. winter sports, um, you know, this includes boys and girls basketball. This includes swimming. This yep. includes um, gymnastics, hockey, wrestling. Um, the the league play and the league competition has been postponed until uh, I think further notice. Or do they have a date? January fifteenth, which is you know okay. kind of that two week window after the holidays, right? Um, but there's also a, a color factor, and what I mean by that is you know when we're looking at the um, numbers of, of COVID um, mm -hmm. cases, you know, each county will, will go to a certain color. As we know, it's a, it's a yellow, it's an orange, it's a red, and it's a purple. So yep. um, that also plays into effect as far as um, are we able to compete um, depending on the certain color. So we've, Geauga County has, has been red, I think, probably the last, I don't know. Mm -hmm five, six weeks, maybe. I don't know when last we were yep. orange. So red is a color that we're still able to compete, even though we might not be competing with our conference play. Um, there could be some independent scheduling of games. Yep. Um, 
but that county, so let's say it's a let's say it's a school in Summit County or it's a school in Cuyahoga County, maybe Lake County, that county also has to be red. If it goes to purple, which we were in purple for a couple of weeks, um, there's no competition at all because we don't want to mix those cohorts of of you know the high risk, high exposure counties. So anytime that it's a purple setting, you know, we're we are pretty much not competing at all. Um, but we're still able to um, participate through practices, which I think is is positive for our students. So they're still prepping, working on their skills, their drills. So in time, when they do start competing again, they'll still be sharp in those areas. Um, it's definitely something that I would say an athlete needs at least practice. I understand the games and stuff like that, but I'm happy to hear that teams are still able to meet socially distanced when they're not in their sport, participating, doing everything right, but still able to compete because I know for a lot of people and specifically me with my sport running, it's, it's almost an emotional thing. It gets you away from the monotony of what's going on. It's just kind of a break. It's something that um, it relieves time. It, uh, it's a fun time. And I know that a lot of basketball players, people in gymnastics, all the winter sports definitely need that. But um, I'm in indoor track right now, which luckily is a we're, um, we're attached to the school, but we're a club. So we're able to practice right now and we don't have um, meets until January. So we'll see how that goes. Do they know what those meets look like? I know you guys typically are um, competing over at Spire at the large they're indoor still, facility. They're still putting them on. Um, I think they've decided they're going to – they haven't fully released anything, but I know so far they've released no spectators most likely. Um, and I think they're trying to restrict the amount of teams they're going to allow. They usually mm-hmm. allow a good amount. Um, I think and, – and I also think there's a chance they're going to split the meets – from um, a full track meet to a distance night and a sprints night. Right. To uh, reduce the amount of people that have to attend. I think that's kind of the model that a lot of, um, you know, um, extracurriculars are following, just kind mm-hmm. of split, splitting things up over a couple of days. If it is a, a safe competition. Is that what like debate is doing stuff like that? Yeah. So um, like speech and debate, they, they're practicing in person. So they're here, they're safe, they're spread out. Um, Mr. Vudris and, and Mr. Snook are, are managing all of this. I don't know how many days a week, I think only a couple of days they come in person the rest of the time they're, they're kind of practicing at home um, virtually. So um, mock trials also doing that. And I know they are um, most of their, their competitions as long as well as um, our science Olympiad, it's, it's all virtual. So, Somebody okay. is setting up like a Zoom virtual competition and, and I guess kind of prepping and planning the participants and, and who they would compete about um, against. And so I do believe they would be using breakout sessions for that because I would um, assume so. Yes. Yeah. Usually in speech and debate, there's there's two students um, mm-hmm. with one evaluator. So that might be one breakout room. And yep. just like just like we're doing, we're we're talking to each other. We're not debating necessarily, but um, <laughs> we can. But um, that's kind of how they're running that. And then the evaluator advisor um, is also part of that meet. So it's definitely a different um mm-hmm. you know set up an environment but whatever we can do to give them the opportunity to give our students the opportunity to stay active i think is it's it's healthy for them you know we talk about that social emotional piece and you know during that springtime we were so isolated and kids just 
you know, they needed that, that social break and, and hobbies and, you know, having, having that, you know, during this time or having some of that is, is still a positive. Um, some of that is, is better than none. And, you know, we're just going to keep progressing until, you know, things, things improve. And um, we don't know what the postseason looks like for any of these activities. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. We're getting advisement again from our county health director, Ohio High School Athletic um, Association, as well as, you know, the different entities with speech and debate, science Olympiad. Our, we have a trivia club that's competing virtual. We have our, our jazz band and ensemble who are coming in and, and practicing and recording virtually. So, um, again, I'm, I'm glad we're able to still provide somewhat of, of the experience of, of what Kenton High School has to offer. Exactly. And I mean, a virtual experience is definitely a step down, as we said. I mean, it, it just isn't the same as a in-person experience, and there's nothing they can really do about that. But um, that social-emotional piece, as you talked about, is so important. But if you're not healthy, what are you going to do about it? So they do have to put that first. And I, mean, I can speak as a, a teen going through the virus. I would say that that piece has been seriously altered throughout time. I mean, it's really hard to isolate yourself, yeah. as it is for anybody. And I've heard a lot of people, it, it affects them differently. But um, as long as we're trying to keep on with things, trying to push through and do what we can, that's all I really want. I just want to see some type of progression. Yeah. I think we've all um, are now accustomed of, of living with this virus. Um, mm-hmm hoping and waiting for, you know, to go back to normalcy at some point, but um, everyone has their own way of dealing with it. And, um, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's adjusting, it's modifying, um, revising things and uh, making the best out of situations that you have. I like to think so. the virus is rolling with the punches at this point. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I know this is a, um, another topic, but we can jump to it right now is, is the vaccine and um, you know, how is that going to be rolled out? I know I've heard, and again, I haven't read enough about it at this point, but um, I heard that they're kind of categorizing, you know, the essential workers into, into groupings and, you know, your level A's are your, your, your medical um, doctors and your first responders. And that's kind of like the highest level of essential workers that will be getting the vaccination. And then, um, I've heard, um, you know, certain businesses, um, as well as, as education, um, you know, staff would be then on kind of that next level. So again, I don't have any timetable. Um, I don't know, um, any of it's all the, just coming out right now. There's not yeah. much of a plan. It's the fastest they've ever put a vaccine out in their life. And I think they're just trying to get it to as, I mean, they're trying to get it to as many people, but they're trying to get it to the most important people first, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, it, they definitely did it. Um, they did it way faster than any vaccination ever, but this is also seriously needed. We're talking about living with the virus. Hopefully this can kind of reduce what we have to do. And I mean, I just, I just pray that, Everyone who takes it so far stays healthy, and hopefully it is um, a, a beneficial vaccine to then help us live with the virus even better and hopefully start to be able to get out of quarantine and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess time will tell on that. Um, and eventually it may be targeted to adolescent ages, um, you know, 
you guys as students have to, we have the meningococcal vaccine that you guys have to take in, in seventh grade. You probably don't remember B, but yeah. um, it's, re- it's required in order to come to school in seventh grade. And then the second okay. dosage is required to um, have before your senior year. So you'll probably mm-hmm. be getting that this summer, but, yeah. but you wonder if COVID the COVID vaccine will follow eventually where, you know, um, school age children are getting it at some point. So we'll see well, how that turns I out. I hope so. And I mean, uh, it's definitely, I've seen a lot of like, a, a, it's a political standpoint or a, it's definitely a, an opinion on whether you take the vaccine or not. But I'm at the point where I would personally think I'm, I would take it if I had the chance. Um, I just mm-hmm. want to be safe and I want to see people safe, but I do respect somebody who at this point, if they were presented that vaccine to say, I don't know what it would do to me type thing, which is totally understandable as it's new. Yeah. And I think there'll be, um, there'll be a lot of information out there as far as symptoms, or if you have a pre existing condition, what do you, you know, what kind of symptoms might you face? Um, just like any vaccine that you, that you might take. So. Exactly. So we'll see how it goes. I think, um, I think over the next three months is going to be the most pivotal time to see what happens really. And then mm-hmm. um, maybe starting my senior year, this will help us hopefully be in person at that point. Yeah. Um, so due to the remote learning and, you know, really not knowing what to expect for our second semester, um, my leadership team here at the, in the main office, which is the, two other assistant principals, plus our guidance team, um, we decided to release scheduling a little bit earlier this year. So, um, you know, and this is scheduling that's impacting our current eighth through 11th graders. And um, they're looking at course requests for the 21-22 school year already. But, um, you know, people are probably like, oh my gosh, you're already talking about next year. Well, that's what we do here at the high school. We have to start planning halfway through for that opening of the next school year and putting together a master schedule, especially on a semester-based four-by-four block is is pretty challenging. It's a matrix and you know, all of the administrators have been trained on how to how to do this. A lot of it goes through Infinite Campus now, which is really nice, but um, there's still a lot of tweaks and adjustments, and we wanted to get a head start on that. And so we released a lot of information. Typically, our guidance counselors are coming into your classrooms and, and kind of talking about any changes or new courses or um, grade-level um, opportunities that you might, you know, want to participate in. And so... Um, Obviously, we went to remote learning, so we were able to put together a slide presentation and a a video. Mrs. Detweiler, one of the counselors, kind of led this initiative, um, and we released it uh, last week, and, and we're hoping to have um, all students schedule before our winter break begins, which is Tuesday the 22nd, um, and that'll give us an, a, a large number of requests to start looking at when we come back after winter break, then to start putting the schedule, the master schedule together. So um, we did send out a reminder text message, which I love that feature, 
Um, it's awesome for all these students to kind of be aware of scheduling. I gave them the deadline and then um, I gave them the link to the actual student portal. And for those of you who don't know, we created a student portal for updated, helpful information that, that students typically use on a daily basis. And that, that includes like even a hall pass, a digital hall pass. But anyway, this is where we dropped all of our scheduling information. I thought our guidance team did a great job putting it together. It's communicated very well. Expectations are clear. And I'm encouraging all students um, to make sure that you follow those steps. Watch that video first and then fill out your actual interactive um, drop down course selection. And then you use that form to actually then go on to Infinite Campus to officially schedule. So I've started um, my scheduling. It works really well. Um, the video is great. The slideshow works really well, and I'm about done with everything scheduling for my senior year, and uh, just doing scheduling kind of gets you excited for the year because you get enticed on what kind of classes you're going to take. And um, as as going into a senior year, it's kind of everyone's like, I don't want to take our class. But it's kind of cool to see the options, and Kenson's always great at presenting um, in a, a vast array of classes. So it's really cool to see um, some classes that you never expect yourself taking um, opening up in your schedule and finding space in there. Right. And, and that's really what our experience is all about. Kind of going through that four year journey. And most of you guys have a certain pathway, certain um, possible career interests that you might be interested in. And, and we try to create that pathway with um, sample courses at each, at each grade level. So you have your core pathways in, in the, in the sciences and, Maybe you're looking at medical, so you want to make sure that you're eventually going to end up in, in AP bio, but you also need your chemistry. Um, you might you might work a geology in there. So, you know, we have these charts. We have these flow charts that um, that help you guys kind of kind of plan out that four year journey and what it looks like. And of course, is, of course, our counselors are kind of looking over your shoulder and, and helping advise and um, making sure that the recommendations are are kind of being followed um, and, and not holding yourself back. Um, as you know, colleges like to see the rigor of the challenges of, of different courses on your, on your transcript. And even if you got to be in that, that AP course, it's showing that you're willing um, to push yourselves and, and go a little bit deeper into the content, especially if you know that you can handle a course like that. And, um, we have a component known as AP potential. And so, um, and Braden, you may have our, you may have taken the, the PSAT again this year as a junior, but you know, you've been taking that since eighth grade once a year, um, kind of prepping yourself for eventually the SAT, um, which we will be offering in March um, here at the high school. But you know, the, the AP potential kind of takes a look at your, your PSAT scores and it says this student has the ability to be in honors or AP. Mm. And, and, you know, that AP potential kind of helps with our recommendations. You know, our teachers recommend students for that next course, or they might say, don't go to this next course. You, you still have a little, little bit of, um, you know, work to do in understanding certain concepts. But I think it's important that if students under, know where they're at as far as that AP potential, they're going to push themselves to the higher levels. Exactly. And AP is definitely a commitment. But uh, as you said, getting a B is in an AP class is the same as getting an A in a regular class. So 
I always recommend people taking the jump to an AP class because as much as people think it really doesn't hurt your GPA if you struggle in it, you just have to put in the effort. And at Kenson, many of the uh, AP teachers as well are really understanding and um, they want you to learn the concept and they know it's a college credit class. So they know they have to step up their game as teachers for you to be able to understand this, um, the rigor that the class presents. And that's the same with some of our um college credit plus courses as well that we offer senior english uh, ccp as one option we also offer the calculus one that layla is actually prepping for um, but that's again that's a college credit course so it's dual credit you're receiving high school credit and that that first year college credit that you won't have to take that first year math or english or whatever it is because you already took it in high school so it's a nice option kind of gets you ahead um you know on that college pathway as well so um, yeah, so we're looking forward to, to rebuilding the master for the next school year. And um, again, I encourage students, if you have any questions or, or need some more advisement, reach out to your counselors. Um, but we want to get those requests in. So um, I also have on just kind of January expectations. Um, we are really looking to um, bring students back after, you know, winter break. If if the landscape of COVID says to come back um, and our, our staff is healthy, then, you know, we definitely want our students back in the classrooms. Um, you know, some people might say, well, maybe you need to wait until, you know, that two-week break after the, the holidays. But again, we're kind of looking at how well we can operate and sustain quality education. And if our staff members are here and there's no risk, um, you know, we're going to try and get people back, you know, after, after winter break, if not, then we'll probably sustain remote learning until the start of that first, I'm sorry, the start of the second semester. Um, and I certainly hope we can have students back at the, at least at the start of that second semester. I think it's very important. It's kind of like a, a new beginning again, new, new start to the school year, new semester. And you guys need to be able to meet your teachers, understand your teachers and in, in, in person, you know, before I really we think, go back out. Um, I really think we need to get there um, for that second semester start. Um, I can't imagine starting a new class fully virtual. I just don't know how it work. You don't get the, um, personal experience with a teacher that you truly need. Um, with the teachers I have right now, I've kind of met them. I've introduced myself to them, grown a bond. And I don't think you would be able to grow that type of relationship with a teacher through virtual. And it's harder to learn from um, a teacher you don't know as well. Um, mm -hmm. As it is in like, I would compare it to almost, it's harder to learn from a teacher in a college lecture hall with 200 kids and he doesn't know your name. That's kind of right. how I would feel. Yeah, and I think it's that could be different for the type of learner that you are. Um, we do have currently right now about 110 students who are um, have been virtual the whole start of the of this school year, and they have faced those same challenges that you just talked about. Um, you know, I, I know we're getting some of those students to come back for second semester. Um, not all of them; some of them have to be home because there could be um, you know compromising health issues going on with a relative or a pre-existing health condition that, you know, is susceptible for, for COVID. And so, you know, that those families are staying safe and we certainly respect and appreciate that. And, and we want that experience to be um, high quality, but there are barriers and, um, you know, 
hopefully if we get a relief and, and vac- vaccinations go out, we, we can get all students back in the building before the end of the school year. And I think that's the ultimate goal. I can most definitely say that um, I, I would like to do anything in my power to be back in school because as much as online learning does work, it is not even minuscule compared to um, how true in-person learning is. Agree. All right. What's this next component be? What are we on? Well, here? Mr. G, it Our is hottest, hottest trends. trends. <laughs> And it looks like B just got knocked out. Hey, are you back? I'm back. That was quick. You're in, you're out, and then you're back in. So your mic's off right now. There you go. You know what it, what it was, Mr. Gabram? I I went to say hottest trends too hard, and my AirPod fell out, which kicked me out of the meet. Oh, well, you were too excited. Uh, you were yeah, so exactly. excited about Hottest Trends, because you know. <laughs> this this Hottest Trends group is actually a really, really good one, in my opinion. This is the – this we've been struggling all year, and I finally – I think I came up with a couple good ones. Okay. And we'll – Let's go we'll, to it right now. Oh, well, first, you wrote down on here shopping. I'm guessing we're talking Christmas shopping here, Mr. G. Yeah, shopping over the holidays. Um, you know, I – I also have in there how, who, when, what. And so, um, I don't know. Amazon is awesome. It is awesome. It I is think beautiful. everybody has accounts. I think many people have Prime, um, so that delivery is coming faster. Yep. Um, I, I think especially during COVID times, the online shopping option um, is safe and it's a must. And um, I know – like Amazon plants have been popping up everywhere. There's, there's one in Bedford. There's one in Warrensville. You see those blue vans everywhere on the freeways, on the back roads and constantly delivering. Um, And I think it's, it's awesome. It's just, it's, it's a trend that will be here forever. Um, There's, there's people that don't even want. So nice. I almost, it's getting a bit big. It is. It's crazy how large it's been. And, um, and that's worldwide too. So it's an unbelievable service, but, um, I guess for you as, you know, a junior in high school, like I have on there who, so who do you, who do you buy for? Well, I would definitely say it's a, it's a family thing. I know people who don't buy gifts for their family at all, or I know people who get gifts for every single friend and person in their life. So, um, I'm kind of shopping around right now. I got, I I've got gifts for mom, dad, um, stepmom, all both, both my sisters. So I, I like to treat my parents cause I understand what they do for myself. And I'm in a place right now where I've worked enough. I've gained enough money and, and, uh, to be able to treat some of my family members. And then I do go around and I get my friends a couple gifts here or there, but, mm-hmm. um, I would say it's mostly family members. I don't go crazy. I don't want to splash the blank for Christmas as much as I would love to. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and you're in a, you know, you're in a blended family. So you have, you have more participants to, and more yes. um, members to kind of cover. And, and I guess the next question is when, because with so many members, do you start thinking about this, um, you know, before December or is this something that you're like, all right, I got to get on this like this week. I I'm an early shopper. I have all my gifts in already for everybody. Nice. Um, 
I started probably December 1st. That's usually when I go online or I'm a big, uh, I'm big cyber Monday guy. So I did a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of my gifts that day just cause everything was cheaper. Yeah. It's good. Planning. So, I mean, good it was planning. easy. And, um, for the when schedule kind of for my family, since I'm, um, both my parents are divorced. We live in different houses. We do Christmas. Um, we used to do Christmas Eve um, opening gifts with my dad on Christmas Eve morning, and we would call that our Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I would do Christmas Day with my dad. But nowadays, um, I go to my – we kind of did that because my little sister, then Eva, who's in sixth grade now, those were kind of the prime years where you remember Christmas when you're probably oh, yeah. third to fifth grade, second to fifth grade. Those are the years where Christmas is a really big deal for you. Yeah. So we decided to do that Christmas day with her. And now I'm at Christmas day with my dad's morning. Cause now Hawken and Emmy are at that um, yeah. age where it's prime Christmas time. So we kind of, we react with it like that. Um, what are you doing on Christmas? Mr. G seen any family? Uh, so my side of the family, we, we've, it's been a longstanding tradition um, with the Gabram side. And so we've, we go to my parents' house. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a different setup, obviously. Um, we're, yep. we're kind of staying isolated in a larger room of kind of like, okay, this is, and it's, it's my two other siblings, my brother's family, and then my, my sister's family. So total I think is is 12 but we're we're definitely going to be staying safe and kind of have our own little, little parameters and not not doing all of the traditions um you know it's going to be a, a shorter kind of Christmas Eve celebration we typically would be going to church but we're going to watch that on you know the uh live stream and kind of you know celebrate that together as a family um so you know, we're not losing the entire tradition, but definitely some modifications on, on the Christmas Eve. And then um, Christmas Day, we go to my wife's side um, and, you know, kind of that's a similar structure. It's not going to be an, an all day thing. It's, you know, going to be uh, um, a little bit different as far as just, you know, where where are we in the, in the house? Are we are we keeping our distance? Are we, you know, have our safeguards in place with our masks and kind of do what we've been doing here, even, you know, at the, um, in school and in the setting. And so fortunately nobody is, um, you know, all of my family is, you know, in our neighboring community. So, um, no one's coming in from, from out of town. I know I do have an aunt and uncle who live in Arizona who typically would be coming in this year, but, but they're not traveling. Um, they're kind of following the advisement and the guidelines and, and so we're, we're staying safe by not, um, I guess, mixing too much of our cohorts other than just the immediate family. I'm doing the same thing. I usually go to my uh, grandpa's who literally lives um, down the street. We share a driveway pretty much for Christmas Day. And um, yeah, he has heart problems. And we've just made a decision for the first time since he's probably 30. We're not going to have that celebration this year, which is unfortunate. But I'd rather see him stay safe than us gather because uh, he has he has a smaller house, smaller living room. So social distancing really wouldn't have been practical in that group. And then Christmas Eve night, we always host at my house, usually 20, 25 people. But we're really limiting to only our my mom's brother's family and my stepdad's brother to come in. So yeah. that's really we've cut it down and we're following everything that we can to stay safe because as much as 
Christmas celebrations are needed. They bring happiness to your life. Um, I would rather just not get the virus. Well, I also think um, it allows the opportunity for outside family to still connect if they're not being present because of, you know, you can fire up a Zoom or a Google Meet and right. they're going to be there. So they can kind of still share, um, just not, you know, the in-person experience. So Exactly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to it. Uh, we have on here, uh, we have Apple Pay. And so um, I guess, B, talk a little, about, a little bit about Apple Pay. I also wanted to, to talk about this other feature. Maybe you don't know. It's called Afterpay. But uh, okay. go, ahead, go ahead first. Apple Pay, I personally don't use it. Working in a, um, a, uh, a restaurant, and uh, I see people probably once a week come in and say, do you have Apple Pay? Do you have them? Um, and it's just a virtual wallet. It's really weird. I, I've also seen um, Apple has credit cards nowadays that are like near metal and they have nothing on them besides just the swipe and the chip and they're bright silver. And it's um, pretty cool to see that um, the technology business is growing mm -hmm. like crazy. It kind of, in my opinion, it worries me. I don't love that Apple has such a grasp on everything. I think Apple's getting really, really, really big. And I think them getting into currency is a bit too far but i was a little uncomfortable i just updated my phone to the i think the upgrade was like 14.3 14.3 yeah and on a side note it wiped out my my iMessaging for a day and so mm -hmm. then there was another upgrade like 14.34 that came out and then it brought it back because i guess there were some bugs with that but that's just a side note but um part of that update was also do you want to sign up for apple pay um, but I'm kind of like you. I'm a little hesitant. I'd, I'd rather just work strictly through my bank account and and not share all that information. So, because I mean, Apple is just crazy gigantic, and the way they structure everything is they almost use a different USB. So mm -hmm. they kind of we're using AirPods right now. They kind of the way they structure themselves is when you use an Apple phone you're going to want to use every other Apple product possible because it's easier. And it's getting to the point where Apple almost is a monopoly. They're gigantic. Yeah, it is. It's they're dominating right now. So um, after pay is just one option of, let's say you are purchasing some, I don't know, uh, let's call, let's, let's go back to our air force one discussion. And so, <laughs> you know, those are, those are a purchase, uh, most likely over a hundred dollars. And so, um, let's say you just started a new job. Um, maybe you're, you know, you're, it's your age and you're just starting to bank some money. Well, you can use Afterpay with some of these new businesses and you'd pay in installments and there's no interest. There's no, um, wow. You, all you do is basically you, you determine the next four withdrawal dates that they would be taking out of your account. And I just, I just thought that was a really cool option, especially during over the holidays where, um, students might not have that lump sum to purchase or purchase a gift for somebody else. And this gives them that option to kind of, you know, pay over the next three to four weeks, depending on, you know, what that may look like. So that is a really cool option. I've never used it just because that kind of worries me, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, have you seen it popping up on like every retailer type thing or you see it only in a couple places? Well, my wife was explaining it to me um, 
and you kind of once you go through checkout and now you have all these different options of checkout not just your credit card but um, you might use paypal you might you you know so it's just another form of a payment method okay um, but allows you to kind of plan ahead and be proactive um, depending on you know what that amount is so i kind of like yeah. that and, and yeah um you know you're committed to it it's an automatic withdrawal that that, that right. money's There's coming no out getting away from yeah once you commit you're you're, you're in for that long run now if you're if you fail to pay there's there could be some fees or something like that but right um, that's the only thing that would worry me about i i just i don't know if there's a no overlying factor of what happens if you don't yeah. have that specific yeah you probably have to, to read in the the fine print the small print and the exactly. disclaimers which everyone <laughs> skips over <laughs> I, I don't think i've ever read the fine print in my life yeah. So that would be something that I may actually, if I took participant and I would probably take a look at some of the discrepancies. All right, B, looks like there's a, there's something trending between Logan Paul versus Floyd and Mayweather. So I don't know <laughs> so, Logan as well as I know Floyd, but maybe you could share. Yeah. So uh, Logan Paul is actually probably one of the most popular um, social media influencers in the world. And, um, he he was a uh, all state wrestler in Ohio. He went to Westlake, and he's now a what they call a vlogger or a comedian on YouTube and specific social media apps. And he um, he boxed a other social media influencer named KSI um, twice. Um, it was a big deal, blah blah blah. But he's a really built six four guy, and um, he challenged Floyd Mayweather to a um, pay per view boxing fight. And, um, Floyd Mayweather, the 50-0 and fighter, um, accepted it. So now that's like a big deal right now. And everyone's that's, everyone's talking about how Logan Paul is probably going to get absolutely killed. <laughs> and it's But it's a pay-per-view boxing fight, um, and it's a big deal. He's uh -huh. Logan Paul is taller than him, but... I was going to say, Floyd's not... I mean, Logan Paul, you're describing almost in a heavyweight weight class. If he's 6'4", yes. that means he's at least, you know... 225 pounds most likely and floyd mayweather i mean what's his height and weight um it's, i got my computer right here with me because yeah. we are virtual logan paul is 6'2 and his oh, okay. weight is logan paul weighs 200 pounds okay wow. so he's pretty lean yeah yep. floyd mayweather is 5'8 see yeah so that'll be interesting there's four inch uh and no six and inch. he's got 50 pounds on him yeah yeah, sixty six inches and uh, fifty pounds, but one's also an undefeated uh, boxer and one's a YouTuber. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, uh, next thing, did you did you watch the game on? Um, was that yesterday, Mr. Gabriel? On Monday, Monday night, Monday, yeah, um, two days ago. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was like an epic game as far as like all of the 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 different momentum changes and what a fourth quarter the brownies had so we should have won you know i i never want to like you know and i have all respect for our place kickers but um our place kicker missed four points and we exactly. typically you know we really didn't lose by five we lost by three because that last yeah. play was a safety so i mean that's all part of the game i get it um, you know, the interception is, is mm -hmm. tough too. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about the ability to make plays and, and perform under pressure and roll um, through the punches. Yep. Yeah. Great game. Kind of crazy. What happened to, um, Lamar, 
Lamar Jackson and had to then, you know, nobody really knows what Comes was going on in, in the, the locker room. Down. It's crazy. <laughs> right. People are and, saying he went to the bathroom. I know. I, I know. I was reading up on that, but they said he was dehydrated and cramping. And sometimes um, professional athletes will get a quick IV bag and dosage and, and kind of rehydrate and, and get back out there. And unfortunately, or fortunately, he, he came back in the right amount of time. So and made some plays, but we'll see what happens the rest of the, uh, the way here. I think, uh, there, the next two weeks are definitely, uh, some winnable games, both, um, New York teams. Uh, yeah. Both will be at the Meadowlands. Um, I'm reading up on some really, uh, nasty weather coming, you know, to the Northeast. So well, that'll be an interesting game, you know, on, on exactly, Sunday night. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool to watch. I'm just happy that the Browns are competing. I was telling my wife, it's like when they win, it's just like a, a whole nother, it's just a different week. It's like everybody's exactly. in a little bit of a better mood. Um, even if you're not be. like, even, even if you're not at like truly a, a, a Browns fan, fan or a Browns fan, it's like just, it's just because I don't know, different than when the Indians win. And speaking uh-huh. about the Indians, that might be the last time we're, we're use, using that name for this year. Exactly. Um, a new mascot name coming out too so that'll be interesting and that that'll be cool if, to see i mean yeah as much as the indians is a historical name and i've heard a lot of people saying it wasn't needed blah 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 i don't think it hurts at all to change it and they'll probably come up with something that will sound just as regular as the indians does in two years yeah people get used to it i think um um some people just deal with change a lot better than others and yeah um that's part of life so a um, couple things, just, you know, reminders. I, we talked about scheduling. So please, students, make sure you get that scheduling task done so we can start planning ahead. Um, you know, pay attention to our, dist- our district and building communication so you know what to expect, um, you know, in the future days. Um, follow, follow us on Twitter, which means you have to create that Twitter account and, you know, like things and, and share, share some stuff out. So I think that's a great social media. It's a safe app that all, all students should be using. Um, my last thing for, don't forget is be kind and be respectful always to others. And, um, this kind of leads us to this next quote B that I, that I was, uh, reading up on and, um, you know, we've been through a lot here, the first, the first semester, almost making it through, um, you know, even the second nine weeks and kind of facing all these challenges in, at school. And in my bomber bulletin message, I talked a little bit about um, perseverance. And, you know, this quote really speaks to that. And um, perseverance sometimes can be frustrating because it's like you can, you have to continue to work. And this quote says, perseverance is the hard work you do after getting tired of the hard work you already did. Um, that's a lot like school, right? A hundred percent. I mean, we put the hard work in to be personal or in, to be in person. And then now we're putting even more hard work to be virtual and persevering through this time. And uh, this this quote definitely um, resembles our transition that we've had to do over this past couple of weeks. Yeah, I just think, you know, we've we faced so much and it's you, you think where where's the you know, the end of this, the light at the end of the tunnel. We don't necessarily see that yet because um, we don't know what to expect yet. And nothing has been um, very sound in, in, in our direction. Um, but I guess we just have to wait and see and, and 
try to keep that positive mindset on a daily basis and try to win the day. You know, every day is a challenge. Can you win that challenge? Can you, can you end up on top and feel good about yourself? And so I think that's, that's all about a, a belief inside yourself to um, stay positive, stay optimistic. Things will improve. Exactly. Um, it was a great quote and I appreciate it. Kind of just rolling with the punches. I keep saying that on the podcast today, but that's what we got to do. Yeah, no doubt. All right, B, it was a pleasure connecting with you virtually. I'm glad we were able to kind of limit our um, technical difficulties. Yeah, we did um, pretty well. Um, yeah, when we first okay. came in, I, th I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to last, but um, yeah. a, a movement to the basement of my house definitely improved the sound and the quality. So That's happy great. we got through it. All right. Let's Alrighty. Go ahead with the closing. Yep. For all of us here at the principles podcast, uh, I'm brain hunt. And as always in my boy, Ron Burgundy style, you stay classy, Kenson community. <laughs> and this is Mr. G and I am signing off. Remember to get after something in your life. Enjoy your passions, read a book, reach out to an old friend, accept the grind and believe in yourself. That is all for episode 24 of the Principles Podcast. Have a great rest of the week.